0: I wanted to share with you um, the tremendous privilege that we have in praying to God I'd taken it so much for granted uh, and when um, someone would say let's pray I think oh no you know prayer it's boring but it's not it's an adventure with God particularly when we pray in tongues and, and we search the scriptures and we read what the scriptures have to say about praying in tongues but First of all, I'd like to read something to you that I read this week. Um, What makes prayer easy? It's it's not our wits or our our amazing understanding, but it's the tremendous agony of God in redemption. A thing is worth just what it costs. And when we see the cost that it costs God, then our our appreciation for prayer, for for the gift of tongues, will, will just go sky high. Prayer is not what it costs what it costs us, but it's what it costs God. And it cost him a huge amount. Um, The secret of the cost we find in the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus said, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. We see Jesus here in in Matthew 26, starting at verse 36, that he's in an absolute agony. And he says, my father, if it is possible for this cup to pass from me. And then he says, yet not as I will, but as you will. And we look at verse 42 and he says exactly the same thing. And then verse 44, the scripture says, and he repeated these same words. And we see here God as man grappling with tremendous temptation that he prayed. And he even sweated great drops of blood for us. And I, I thank God so much. Now, let's take a quick look at the Old Testament. You see, because the scriptures say without the shedding of blood, there is no remission, no forgiveness of sins. So here we are in the Old Testament, and we see the huge amount of blood that had to be shed for the cleansing of the people from their sins and for their prayers to be answered. Um, here we are in 2 Chronicles chapter 5, uh, starting with, with verse 6. Also King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel, who were assembled with him before the ark, were sacrificing sheep and oxen that could not be counted or numbered for multitude. Can you imagine the sight? The blood that's being poured out, a multitude of animals being sacrificed. And in verse 19 here, Solomon is praying, Yet regard the prayer of your servant and his supplication, O Lord my God, and listen to the cry and the prayer which your servant is praying before you, that your eyes may be opened towards this temple day and night, towards the place where you said you would put your name, that you may hear the prayer which your servant makes in this place, and may you hear the supplication of your servant and of your people Israel, So that when they pray towards this place, you hear from heaven, your dwelling place. And when you hear, you forgive. And that's when you think that God would answer their prayer day or night, um, where a place had been cleansed by the blood of animals. But God has got an even better way through our Lord Jesus Christ. The price has been paid for us to come close to God. God has given us a new way in the new covenant, which is a new and better covenant than the old one. Jesus, the supreme sacrifice. As I said, he was in an agony in the garden of Gethsemane. And then we see in Matthew chapter 27, when you read through Matthew 27, you see the horrendous things that happened to Jesus. Um, In verse 26, they scourge him to within a breath of his life. The blood that Jesus shed that was poured out on this earth for you and for me. And then we see in verse 29, Jesus is mocked by the soldiers. It says, the soldiers twisted a crown of thorns, put it on his head and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him and they mocked him and said, hail, king of the Jews and then they spat on him. I cannot imagine how horrendous it is for someone to spit in your face. And here they were, they spat on him and they beat him on the head with the rod that they had put in his hand. I cannot imagine the pain because those thorns were huge. I've seen them when we were in in Jerusalem and they showed a a replica of what it would be like. And the thorns were that long and they beat them into his head and the blood was pouring down his forehead. Um, And then uh, when they had mocked him, they took the robe off, they put his own clothes on him and they led him away to be crucified. And crucifixion is the most horrendous, horrendous death And then here's Jesus hanging on the cross, suspended between the earth and heaven, in tremendous agony, gasping for every breath. And uh, was there any sort of sympathy? Was there any compassion? Nowhere did Jesus see sympathy or compassion in anyone's eyes. And when they mocked him, as I said, they crucified him. And then the passers-by. So Jesus was obviously crucified in an area where people were just passing by. Um, In Matthew 27, verse 39, and those who passed by blasphemed him and they wagged their heads and their hands. And then here come the chief priests and the scribes, verse 41 to 43. Likewise, chief priests also mocking with the scribes and the elders. These are the religious folk. He's like the pastors and and the vicars um, and the curates all coming by and mocking him. He saved others, himself he cannot save, if he is the King of Israel. Let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. Can you imagine the temptation that could have been if Jesus hadn't settled it before he was on the cross because he told us that he could call his father and legions of angels would come to his rescue. But he was thinking of you and he was thinking of me. Uh, Even the robbers who were in the same situation reviled him. Verse 44, even the robbers who were crucified with him reviled him with the same thing, if you are. But God, Jesus, in verse 50, Jesus, with a loud cry, yielded up his spirit. Now, everyone who was hanging on a cross would die from suffocation, but Jesus did not die from suffocation. He gave up his spirit, and the centurions and the soldiers watching Realized that this was an amazing man. Verse 51 Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. That veil was huge. It was about three feet thick, and I'm told, I think about 50 feet long. And it was torn in two supernaturally from top to bottom. There was an earthquake, and the rocks were split. Verse fifty four. So when the centurion and those with him, who were guarding Jesus, saw the earthquake and the things that happened, they feared greatly, saying, "Truly, this was the Son of God." And that cry that Jesus gave um, is was, "It is finished." He paid the price for you and for me. And you know, we are so blessed in this day and age because we're in the end times. We've been learning as, as time has, has gone on by faith to live by faith in God and to trust in His Word. Um, so that when problems come, we won't be distressed and we won't be distracted by all the things that are happening around us, which we could think right now, whatever is happening. All I know is, but God, and God is in control. And we look to the Lord for His comfort, for His strength, and for His instruction. And we hear that in many places, Derek and I hear in many places, that churches are calling, are being called together, uh, and they're fasting and praying and seeking the face of God. Um, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. God says, If my people who are called by my name, that is us as well, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Do we have wicked ways? Oh yes, we do. Then God says, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Oh, our land needs healing so badly. And that word, humble themselves, and I never really quite understood it until Pastor Derek was teaching, and that's fasting. You humble yourself with fasting. It's denying the flesh. And I must admit, when you start fasting, you begin to realize that your flesh has a voice and a life of its own, which has to be subjected to the will of God under the power of the Holy Spirit. And it says, pray. I love to pray in the Spirit because I feel released when I pray in in the Spirit and I know that I am praying to God. Sometimes, yes, I feel like my mind has gone out to lunch, but press through that because when... um, we pray. That also, our flesh is saying, well, I'd really rather be doing this. Look at all the jobs that I could be doing. And here I am going, and I don't even understand it. But I'm going to come to that a little bit later. And God says, seek my face. I found that for me, prayer used to be my shopping list for God. God is not my servant. I am his servant, and I should be seeking his face to find out what he wants me do and so we seek him for who he is on this not for what he, he does and he loves to answer our prayer but there are times when we should seek God for who he is with absolute gratitude for our salvation through Jesus Christ adoration to adore our Lord to love him to pour our love upon him to seek his ways to put my needs on one side and say father I want your will and your way even as Jesus did when faced with that huge temptation. And then turn from our wicked ways. I would think, you know, you put turn from our wicked ways and then seek the face of the Lord. But do you know, as we seek his face, he pours his life into us. He gives us his grace to see our wicked ways and to bring them before him and to repent of them and ask his forgiveness and he can deal with them. God is stirring his people up To take their place in prayer and intercession on this earth. Um, And God says, as I said, pray and seek my face. It just amazes me that Almighty God, who is really totally self sufficient, the self sufficient one, um, that He's wanting the affections of our heart. And when we worship him, he's wanting our hearts to go out to him because we love him. He wants us to think of the words that we're saying when we're worshipping him and to love him and to focus our attention on him. So often in churches, and and yes, it it happens in ours, um, sadly, that people feel that the praise and worship time is like a musical interlude for us to arrive in, and it's not. It's a time for him. It's a time when we separate ourselves for Him. And we live in a fallen world. You know, but if your heart is right before God and we're not puffed up with how, oh, you know, I'm really good, um, and we're in the right place where God has told us to be and we're doing what He tells us to be, you know, problems will come. The devil will see to that. But that problem won't last long if you're really listening to the Lord. But sadly, and I, oh, I've done this so many times, we let the problems affect our communion with the Lord Jesus Christ. We get under pressure and we begin to blame the Lord, like, why, Lord? Why haven't you done this? Why is this still happening? Why hasn't it stopped? What are you doing, Lord? And if ever I catch myself thinking this, I know absolutely without a shadow of a doubt the problem is never, 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 ever got. You see, the problems my heart and my heart has become hardened towards the lord shock it is a shock when the lord shows us that the fault is never god's the fault is always ours and there's something that we should be doing that we're not doing Um, if this witness to your heart please don't feel condemned but just ask him lord where did i walk away from what you told me to do and you see, I hear so many times, oh, I'm just waiting for God. Now, actually, God is waiting for us. He's the God of the present. He is the I am. Um, God is always, always ready. You see, in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, God's telling us, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro over the whole face of the earth, so that he may show himself strong in those whose heart is completely his. He's looking to help us. He's searching and seeking someone whose heart is is completely his. And Timothy tells us that first of all, supplications, prayers, and intercessions uh, are made for all men. That's first of all. Um, And the gift of tongues helps us in this because it's a supernatural ability to pray to God in a language that our mind does not understand. And I tell you, your mind will kick up a fuss, but eventually, like a naughty child, when we persist, it will calm down. And it's available to all who are born again and receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I just want us to have a look, what happened um, at Pentecost uh, in Acts chapter two, starting at verse three, we see that the disciples and the apostles are all praying together and suddenly there's a, a, a tremendous sound like a mighty rushing wind. And I mean, it is so loud that it brings multitudes rushing to see what on earth has happened. And it says that there appeared to them, the apostles and, and the disciples, divided tongues as of fire and one sat upon each one of them. Verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Um, and verse 6, uh, this, this sound brought a multitude together. And here in 11, they're speaking to one they're saying, Cretans and Arabs and, and all the other nations. Um, we hear them speaking in our own language, the wonderful works of God. Praying in tongues is a very supernatural and wonderful gift that God has given us to help us to pray and intercede for situations where we really haven't a clue. And here we see 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. He speaks in the tongues. He doesn't speak to men, but he speaks to God because nobody understands him. In the spirit, he speaks mysteries. God has mysteries and he wants them to, us to pray them into this earth. And Paul, he's speaking to the Corinthians, who spoke a lot in tongues, and he said, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all put together. And so Paul, under the the, Timothy, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he tells us in 1 Timothy, therefore I exhort first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. For kings, all who are in authority, whether you like that authority or not, we pray for that authority, so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. You see, God desires all men to be saved. He doesn't. He, he's. He hates for anyone to perish. And if we have a bad government and bad laws and bad, um, and people are, are murdering one another, that is not a peaceful situation. And it actually hinders the proclamation of of the gospel. And so we come back again. First of all, supplications and prayers and intercessions for all men, kings and all in authority. But How can we pray with our understanding for all men? We don't know them. Um, All in authority. uh, We don't know what they need. All government. We don't know the secret things that are going on. Um, But the Holy Spirit comes to our rescue because we see in Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness because we don't know what to pray for as we ought to. Because the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered, uttered. And now God who searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints. According to the will of God, very safe to pray for someone in tongues. I've heard prayers, um, thank God, God doesn't answer them. Uh, we, we need to learn to, to pray God's prayers for people. And I think it's just so amazing that the great and mighty Holy Spirit, um, who is there at creation, lives in us and He helps us to pray Almighty God's will in this earth. Because when we're praying, we're praying God's perfect will. You see, at creation, God created the heavens and the earth. And you see, the heavens are here and the earth is here. And the heavens and the earth are flowing, as it were, in communion, in sync with one another. But then Adam created... um, I was going to say created. Um, He committed high treason. And so this is what happened. So heaven and earth are no longer in sync, but when we yield to the Holy Spirit and we pray in in tongues, then we're beginning, and we're praying God's mistress into the earth. Then we become in sync with heaven, and you know when you're praying in tongues, you can get a word in your own language, and it it gives you an insight as as to what you are what you are praying, and it says that. The Holy Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings uh, that cannot be uttered. It's, I'm, it's like birth pains and you feel this pressure and you groan and you groan. Um, and the groanings there, they are divine articulations uh, within the Trinity, the Holy Trinity, that cannot be put into words, um, but they carry profound um, appeals for the welfare of every believer. So you can pray deeply for the the deepest concerns and heartache for someone that you don't know or you may know even well uh, but the Holy Spirit alone knows the heartache that's in someone's heart and you are able by yielding to the power of the Holy Spirit and praying in tongues to pray for that and you know God he's not a tittle-tattle that means you can pray for that person without knowing what it is and that private thing remains private between them and God. Um, Paul said that he prays with the understanding and with the Spirit. Um, as we yield to the Holy Spirit, we allow him to help us to pray. And as we said, I've said again, I want to push this, that we pray in accordance with God's will when we're praying in tongues. Now, the role of the Holy Spirit is to help us to pray. He's not here to pray instead of us. Um, one of our shortcomings, the shortcoming, is that We don't really know how to pray as we ought, but God sees the heart of a person, as I said. Even if you know someone extremely well, um, you don't know the deep things in their heart, and that's where the Holy Spirit can reach and heal. Um, We do know that we pray in the name of Jesus, uh, and we know we're ignorant of the devil's schemes, but the Holy Spirit is not, and you can pray against things as you're praying in tongues. The Holy Spirit is able by giving me the utterance in tongues to bypass my mind and to pray fervently and effectively for you in a language that my mind does not understand. And I will pray as long as the Holy Spirit gives me the utterance. You feel this pressure to continue to pray, to continue to pray. And then, you know, you can get the all clear, as I call it. Um, It can be a note of joy. Um, It can be a shout of triumph. can be just a deep peace that settles on you and you know that you know that you know god has completed his work that he called you to pray for um as i've said uh the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered romans 8 and you know with the groanings it's like no words is necessary because the father understands and agrees with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit knows and agrees with the mind of God and so he's praying God's perfect will for us. I wanted to give you an illustration about this. This is back in the 1950s and there was a minister of an established church recently being baptized in the Holy Spirit, so he didn't know a great deal about praying in tongues and a lady in his church who was a mother of three, she had a heart operation, her heart stopped The doctor said that the brain had been deprived of oxygen for too long and here they said she would be a vegetable, Uh, she would not recognize anyone and she would not know anything about her life. Best to let her die. That night the minister was awakened by the sound of groaning and he went downstairs, he wondered whatever was happening. He found his wife groaning in the living room She explained she had a deep burden to pray for this woman. It's not, she knew it wasn't God's will for the mother to die, but she didn't know how to pray. Anyway, she returned to groaning and praying in tongues for another one and a half hours. Finally, she returned to bed and she said, well, darling, the burden's gone, it's lifted. The next morning, they went to visit the young woman in hospital. Guess what? She was sitting up in bed, laughing and completely healed. I've heard so many testimonies like this, when someone will give themselves to the Holy Spirit and do something that sounds strange and weird, but trusting him. And the explanation is that the Holy Spirit helped that wonderful woman to pray effectively that night for someone who she wanted to pray for, but she didn't know how to pray for it. And so she'd prayed God's perfect will through praying in tongues. The Holy Spirit helps us in our prayer. I just wanted to encourage you because this is for you to read about the Holy Spirit and praying in tongues meditate on that in the scriptures feed your faith pray every day in tongues God's told me to pray one hour in tongues every single day but I'm not saying that you have to but do pray start praying maybe with 15 minutes a day press through the feelings it's a bit like a bird taking off lots of effort and then suddenly come into the thermals and you just float um, know that you are praying God's will into your life. As you yield to the Holy Spirit, He's able to guide you and counsel you in everyday life. You will find the answers to things coming to you. You will find when you start your day with this that things begin to really fall into place. And resist the negative thoughts that come to you. I'm just saying, Kurabaya, Kurabaya. But you know, maybe that God is saying, God's will be done, God's will be done. God's will be done, you can't beat that. I would like to pray for you. Let's join in prayer together. Beloved Heavenly Father, I pray for your precious children that you would give them a revelation of the importance and the wonder of yielding to your Holy Spirit and praying and interceding in tongues. Grant them joy in obeying in obeying you. Give them insight and wisdom as they pray, in Jesus' precious and most wonderful name, Amen. success of our Christian life is based on prayer, our prayer life. And in this series uh, of eight CDs, I go through, basing it on the Lord's Prayer, all the different principles of prayer and the different kinds of prayer that, that you need to understand about. In fact, it's not just one se- uh, series of eight CDs but we have Principles of Prayer Part 2 and Principles of Prayer Part 3 and Principles of Prayer Part 4 so actually there's uh, 32 CDs altogether that take you all through the subject of prayer and uh, if you order one it's normally 20 pounds but if you order two each one after that is only 10 pounds so we give you a discount if you want to take on the whole series Get built up in the area of prayer. Thank you for watching. You can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel. You're most welcome to join us at our church services, which are every Sunday at 11am and 6pm at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, OX37QH.